0: hey welcome to the faith nfm podcast we appreciate your time today and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation as well as links to all that's happening around faith assembly our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey
1: Well have you ever started something and didn't want to finish it? Anybody ever been there? Like you know you struggle with the commitment of it? I have. Uh, I'm a big gamer and uh, love board games, love hanging out with my family and I don't know about you but this game is one of those games, Monopoly, that man a good game of Monopoly could last for a couple hours. You know, the whole idea is to get the money to, uh, you know, go past, advance past Go, accumulate Park Place, maybe acquire, maybe you're one of those people who like really like the railroads, you know, and you always lose and you wonder why. But anyways, anytime anybody's like, hey, you want to play Monopoly? I'm like, where's the closest exit, right? Commitment, (laughs) commitment to uh, kind of uh, finish the game out. How many of us have ever struggled with commitment in life? How many of us ever, you know, we enter into something and we don't want to complete it? You know, a lot of times maybe monopoly kind of relates to life because, you know, there's this place called jail there. There's maybe you've been there, been like, oh man, what next? Maybe you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're going through life and you're like, I just can't accumulate the right kind of items I need in my life for fulfillment. And you're struggling with commitment. You know, I think a lot of times we can get wrapped up in life because things aren't necessarily played out according to life and the way we want it to happen. And we struggle and we want to give up. Anybody ever been there when you just want to give up? Today, I want to talk to you about this idea, advance with commitment. Everybody say commitment. Say it loud and proud, Commitment. So we're talking, we're in this series called Advance, and the whole idea is this, that if we're gonna march forward, not only individually but as people, that we have to continue to advance, and there's some things that we have to look at apply to our life in advance in our life to keep moving forward. God doesn't want us to be individuals that are just satisfied with where we're currently at, but he wants us to continue to know him more, to do the best in our community, to do the best in our workplace, to continue to, to exemplify what it means to follow him. And part of that is commitment. If you're in this place right now, you have to come to this understanding that if you want to advance and have Jesus move in your life like never before, you have to be willing to commit even when you don't feel like it. Even though you might be engaged in a game like Monopoly, or maybe you're advancing or struggling to advance when it comes to work or relationships, that it takes commitment. So before we dive into the story we wanna look at, I wanna to talk to you about two common commitment killers. The first one is this, complacency. How many of us have ever just kind of been complacent and we just kind of go through life and it's like, oh man, you know, one of the, the healthy habits, they don't just like stop overnight, they, they stop through a, a serious, ah, I can sneak this bag of Doritos right now at nine o'clock, like it's all right. Oh, bowl of ice cream, that's fine. Or maybe your, your marriage. It, it doesn't just wake up one day. You don't just wake up one day and say, hey, I, I don't like that person next to me. But it's this complacency that you fall into. It's this contentment in your life. We just kind of wake up and whenever we start kind of viewing life as this thing where we just go through the motions, complacency just kind of inhibits us to stay committed like we should be. Another way that we kind of kill commitment is this, is through guarantee. We want to stay committed if you can guarantee me, you fill in the blank. I'll stay committed to the team if my kid gets this certain amount of playing time. I'll stay committed to the job or if I get the the promotion, I'll stay commitment to the marriage. Well, if the, the, my significant other can just tell me how good looking I am in the morning, if they, they make all the right meals, and we want these guarantees. And that just inhibits and, and kills and, and we, we struggle with commitment when we get complacent and when we live life for a guarantee. So, I want us to understand this before you can move forward successfully, know what you're committed to completely. That if you want to move forward and be successful and, and really have God show up in your life and really live a committed Christian life to advance, you have to know what you're completely committed for and committed to. So, when we talk about it, it comes from Psalms 37 5 that. The psalmist puts it very plainly for each and every one of us. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust Him, and He will help you. And He will help you. Now, we like to look at different translations that say a lot of the the majority principle. And I love how the ESV puts it in Psalms 37.5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him and what He will act So he will help, he'll act, he'll work on our behalf, but what do we have to do? We have to commit to the Lord. Now, there's this lens that half the time that we can kind of fall into, and it's this. We get life and we make it busy, right? We get involved in work, we get involved at school, we get involved in relationships, and we set our own agenda, right? We say, hey, this is my agenda. God, now come and fill these voids in my agenda. Help me with work. We almost have to flip that upside down to say, hey God, I'm gonna commit everything to you and now what do you want me to do? You get what I'm saying where there's two different sides of thinking right there? Sometimes as we fill our agenda when really we should start with God, you fill our agenda. So when it comes to commitment, we have to always be asking ourselves, am I leading with God's agenda or is it my agenda and I want God to backfill whatever I'm missing out on. So today what we'll be talking about as we advance with commitment, we're going to be looking at this story coming from the book of Nehemiah. And to give us a little perspective, uh, just a little background to it, Nehemiah was this uh, cup cupbearer. And uh, the Israelite nation, they were um, under oppression. I guess you would say they were exiled into uh, Babylonian when they came and conquered and they moved forward. And then we find the Persian Empire comes and conquers Babylonia. And then we find Nehemiah. He has this strain. He's feeling like he's hearing what's happening in his home country. He's displaced. He's not in Jerusalem, and and he feels that hey, God's calling him to go rebuild the walls over old around old Jerusalem because the city's been conquered, and so we see this radical commitment in Nehemiah's. Life, where he had to really take possession of it. And to give us a little background to it, I want to kind of show this map, and you can see, you can draw attention. This is the, the walls, essentially, that Nehemiah would build. This is the map. So we have Nehemiah's Jerusalem. We see where the temple was, and then we see all of the work that was done. Now this is a miraculous move of great commitment, of great individuals, of a great team effort by the Israelite nation. It starts at the Sheep Gate and and it works all the way around where these different clans, these different families would go and build different sections of the wall and different sections of the gate, they had great commitment. Nehemiah led with great commitment, and we're going to look at how he did that in advance and apply it to our life. I mean, he used all sorts of different peoples from different walks of life. Hananiah, down here in the red, you can kind of see Hananiah was a person that made perfume, fragrance, and yet he gets on mission with Nehemiah because Nehemiah was so committed, so devout to what God's placed in his heart. So when we advance with commitment, we can do amazing things on behalf of God. And I wanna encourage you right now, wherever you're at, that part of following God is saying, hey, I'm gonna have this relentless commitment to who he is in my life, so I can do what only he can do in life. So we have to continue to say, hey, I'm gonna live a committed life, I'm gonna do what he's called me to do. So I wanna dive in, so how do we advance with commitment? First is this. We have to own the commitment personally. Own the commitment personally. You cannot have someone else own your commitment. Someone else can't want your marriage for you. Someone else can't want your your job responsibilities to to grow and, and you become promoted. Someone can't do that for you someone can't have your goals. someone can't have your aspirations no one can own that except for you until we come to this understanding that hey you know what what am i committed to what am i owning you won't be able to successfully move forward we see in nehemiah chapter 1 verse 3 he gets the news what's taking place isn't very good in jerusalem so this is where verse 3 they said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are, not, they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And this is Nehemiah's response. He says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned Fasted and prayed to God of heaven, and then I said, Nehemiah, what's he do when he hears that Jerusalem, his home, is, is fallen apart, that there's disgrace, that there's oppression there, that things aren't getting better? He wept. He was sad. He mourned. He prayed. He fasted. He was serving as the king of, he was serving as King Xerxes cupbearer at this time. And and if you know the story a little bit, he approaches the king and, and he he looks sad and and he's and he's troubled. And and this was very alarming in this context because you're never supposed to be sad in front of the king, but he was so plighted with what was taking place. He owned even though he may not have been been, been hooked there or uh, uh, maybe been necessarily connected there he it, maybe it wasn't his responsibility no one was like hey you need to go exactly do this but he steps up and he says hey i am committed to this he was moved by it emotionally he mourned he fasted he prayed for numerous days And then he has the bold enough courage to say, hey, I need to address this. I need to handle what's happening in my home country. He gripped it and he committed to it personally. See, no one can want your walk with Jesus more than you. No one can want to show up to church more than you. I tell my my kids all the time, and I encourage parents in here, we set the precedent for commitment to the church. Like, whatever our kids see, whatever our kids see right now, how committed we are to church, how committed we are to faith, how committed we are to reading our word, how committed we are to our generosity lifestyle, we set that tone, that temperature in our household. My kids, they see us, they say, hey, we're going to church every Sunday. Obviously, I'm a pastor, but hey, we go Wednesday. We go groups. We get involved. Lifeblood is with where we're at. It's the lifeblood of Our house is being connected to the faith body, being connected to the local church. Commitment. See, what we're trying to measure is this. We try to set the standard and say, hey, my children see that I'm committed, therefore hopefully they will grasp and own that commitment themselves. There's been numerous times when people invite us to a birthday party on a Sunday, and guess what? We don't go, why? Because there's a commitment that we have with God's church. So individually, are you committed? Is that standard set? Are you moving forward? Are you advancing through your lifestyle of commitment? But as a church, we also are committed. And two primary scriptures where we find our commitment, the first one comes from this, the great commandment that Jesus leaves his disciples and his followers. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, it says this, Jesus replied, You must love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind in verse 38 we see this is the first and the greatest commandment a second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself and then we also see in verse 40 the entire law and all demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments everything love your neighbor love god Everything, commitment, everything we do comes from that. It's a starting point. I'm committed a lifestyle. My walk is committed to the Lord. But we also see this other scripture known as the Great Commission where we get our purpose also as a church is this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you. So that's what we're, we, we, we drive our whole ministry around. Our whole church is around. These two, the great commandment and the great commission. So we kind of pull five, five uh, I guess you say, ministry principles from that. As a church, this is what we're about. We're about worship. Everything we do, we want to worship God from our song to our prayer, to our teaching, to our groups, to our classes, with our kids area, our youth area. We are committed to worshiping God. That's where we get, you must love God with all your heart. Secondly, we also see ministry, that we are an entity, a club, an organization, the only one that exists for the people who do not yet know Jesus. So our ministry, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to love uh, our neighbors as we love ourselves. That's what we're committed to, that there's neighbors. Look, it doesn't say friends. It doesn't say people that can love me back. Love people who are close to us and our proximity. That's what we're committed to. We also see that, hey, when it comes to missions, we're a missions giving church. We believe not only taking the, the gospel message to overseas, but also here domestically. We support numerous missionaries, numerous organizations. That's what we're committed to. Not only are we committed to giving every year to missions, but we want to live a lifestyle of generosity where we give more to missions. And when we give more to missions, that means the gospel goes further. Sociologists, scholars believe that in 12 years, every people group, every tribe, will at least heard some portion of the gospel, my friends. And we're committed to that. What if we could do that in six years? What if we could have some bold audacity to say, hey, no matter what, people i'm gonna give so people can hear jesus that's what we're committed to missions fourthly we also were committed to discipleship to teach those to teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that's why we have classes that's why we have groups that's why we say get involved that's why we say serve because sometimes the best school is when you're actually doing things so i want to encourage you if you're not involved if you're not plugged in take a moment do so we have easter coming up great opportunity to to get your your your, to take a step and say hey i'm serving and then we also see this relationships another huge way what we're committed to is relationships we believe everybody needs to feel belonging that you need to have a friend that you need to be connected That's where we say when we're baptizing them, what Jesus is saying, go and baptize, go form relationship, help them, help them understand, help them know who he is. That's what we're committed to. So not only individually do we have to own our call, the the great commandment, we also have to own our great commission. So as a church and individually, we advance with commitment when we own that. Our church owns those fivefold principles of ministry. Another way we advance in commitment is this. We focus on the future when fear is present. We focus on the future when fear is present. All you have to do is watch the news, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and what do they drive at? Fear. What gets kind of concerning is all of the heightened political climate, the the wars. And, you know, can be very alarming is that we, we look at fear as the, the obstacle and we don't get past it. We see fear and we can't move past it. Rather than focusing on the future of what could potentially take place, we say, hey, I'm, I'm fearful and we can't get past this door that's right in front of us. See, if we want to advance with commitment, it's saying, hey, God will never forsake me. God always sees me i'm a child of god he cares for me he loves me he 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 gave his one and only son jesus for me jesus is coming back the old testament points to jesus the gospels explain and teach about jesus acts proclaims jesus the epistles affirm jesus revelation the future says jesus is coming back for you and i we have to keep focused on that future. versus saying, hey, you know what? I fear right in front of me. I can't get past this worry. I can't get past these problems, these challenges. And what can happen is we think all this negativity in our life, and then our pathways, our neural pathways start saying, it's negative, it's negative, it's negative, and fear builds, 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 and we can't move beyond that. When it comes to it, it's saying, hey, I'm focused on the future of my God returning for you and I, those who believe in him and accept his one and only son, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. Nehemiah, when we look at his story, as he continues to show what it means to advance toward the future when fear is present, Sambalah was very angry and he learned that where, where we we're, were rebuilding the wall. He flew into rage and mocked Jews. But, Nehemiah, but in Nehemiah 4, 7 through 9, but when Sambalot and Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that all the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion everyone is fearful at life and in life at certain aspects right we all face fear it's not necessarily saying i'm gonna stop in fear it's how we navigate fear listen fear might cause us to make some adjustment but it doesn't cause us to stop advancement fear is saying hey i might be worried right now but god you're gonna move me forward god you're gonna push me forward God, I'm trusting in you. God, I'm, I'm calling on your name. God, I'm relying on you. I don't know how I'm going to get past this, this financial crisis, but with your help, I can. Because I'm going to concentrate on the future, that even though it's a dark moment, it doesn't have to be dark days. And if it's dark days, it doesn't have to be a completely dark life, that there's fear, even though it's present, we always focus on the future. And Nehemiah 4 verse 14 says this. This is what he calls. He says, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. So what's he do? He remembers God's goodness. He remembers what's gonna take place. He remembers who he's serving. He's like, our future, we are children of God. We can stand assured in that. Commitment is saying, hey, I'm focusing on the future because I remember who God is To me personally. We also see when it comes to advancing with commitment is simply this. We need to pray through situations, pray through situations. Um, There's a lot of situations that occur in life that challenge us in life. And sometimes we just don't know simply how to move through those situations except through prayer. I like how Tyler Stanton, he puts it this way. He wrote this amazing book. I would encourage you to pick it up, Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools. And it's about his prayer life and the rhythm of life and how we should pray. And he says this, you have to live life in a daily prayer rhythm. And I thought that was so good because so many times we get out of rhythm in our prayer life and we just tack on prayer whenever we can it's kind of like this illustrated if you start on a walk with a friend and how many of us have maybe ever done this before you go on a walk with a friend but you know a lot of times you talk throughout that whole walk right sometimes in our prayer life though what happens day in day out we maybe start in the morning we say hey god how are you doing and we're going on that walk and the only other time we talk to that person at the end of the walk is is or the only other time we talk to that person at the end of the walk so there's these moments, there's these times where it's saying, hey, how is my rhythm? Uh, a, a Hebrew rabbi, they would pray in the morning, they would pray in the middle of the day, they would pray in the evening. That was their rhythm. So are you praying through every situation? When, when harm is there, are you praying through it? When good things are happening, is your rhythm to continue to pray for it, to pray through it? In Nehemiah chapter four, verse four, says, then I prayed, hear us, O God for we are being mocked. May the scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. So they're praying, and what's Nehemiah do? Or I, I mean the oppression. What's Nehemiah do? He prays. In the midst of the battle, what's he do? He prays. When his life's being threatened, he prays. We also see numerous prayers throughout scripture in Hezekiah's prayer. When it comes down troubling times, Hezekiah Hezekiah says, bend down, O Lord, and listen. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to the words of defiance against the living God. We also see when it comes to Daniel's prayer, prayer of forgiveness. How many have known that we all need to learn to forgive? When Daniel is praying, he's praying on behalf of the Israelite people here and earlier in, in Babylon. And he says, in view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, All the neighboring nations that mock Jerusalem and your people because of your sins and the sins of our ancestors. Oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead for your own sake. Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. So, today, what do you need to pray? What situation do you need to pray through? Maybe you have adult children. They cause you grief pain are you praying constantly through that situation maybe you're raising kids and there's some fear that's taking place in life and, and man is it is a public school is a private school like what are they going to go and learn through what are they getting on their devices and and you're struggling with that what are you praying through are you praying through that situation Maybe it's in your marriage and we're talking about commitment today and you know where your marriage is at. You know some of the struggles that you've had and, and you're like, hey, where am I really at in this commitment life? Maybe you need to pray through that situation. Maybe there's moments where you're saying, hey, I just wanna quit my job. I just wanna give up. I just wanna hole up. And maybe you need to say, I'm gonna pray through this situation. You know, growing up, I remember I would, there's this, uh, Lady who'd always—I I can't even remember her name—but growing up in my home church, she'd always be like. She'd look at me every Sunday morning. We would shake hands. She'd be like, "Hey, I'm praying through you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. God's gonna move. God's gonna. God's gonna continue to work. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you." I'm Praying all the time, praying situations, praying through situations. Maybe your situation's good right now. Maybe life seems all right right now. I guarantee there's people on your right, on your left, in front of you, behind you. Maybe you just say, Hey, Lord, lead me in this moment right now to help people and pray through their situation with them. We need to pray through the situations. We advance with commitment by always maintaining that I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray through the situation. And then Nehemiah teaches us this when it comes to advancing. Finally, is commit with grit. Commit with grit. Angela Duckworth, she uh, did this famous TED Talk in 2013, went viral. Everybody saw it. And She basically looked at CEOs, top performing individuals, and came down to this, that the quality that they had wasn't intelligence, wasn't talents, gifts, and abilities, but what they had, people who were successful, had grit. In other words, people who are successful, they had the power and passion of perseverance, that no matter what, they weren't going to stop. Nehemiah wasn't going to stop. God's plan and purpose in our lives is not going to stop. God had a plan, he's given us his son Jesus, no matter what, he went to the cross for you and I. His plan's not gonna stop. In Nehemiah chapter four, verse 19, Nehemiah goes, then I explained to the nobles and officials and all the people, the work is very spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. So let me pause there. There there weren't a lot of uh, people around. They, They were spread thin. Anybody ever felt like you've been spread thin in life? You're like, hey, how do I, I feel like I'm alone. They were spread thin. And when we continue in verse 20, it says, when you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding, then our God will, what? Fight for us. Fight for us. I mean that still goes like God fights our battle God handles that for us verse 21 and we worked early and late early and late what they do they worked They, they they trusted God for the fight but what else they do they worked from sunrise to sunset and half the men were always on guard I also told everyone living outside the walls to stay in Jerusalem. That way, they and their servants could help with guard duty at night and working during the day. See, during this time, none of us, not I, nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor my guards who were with us, ever took off our clothes. And in other words, they rolled up their sleeves They worked and expected God to do the heavy lifting, God to do the fighting. said, we carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water, grit, passion, and perseverance. And this is what's the amazing miracle of the story. 52 days. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days we had begun. You saw that. They constructed the whole wall that was destroyed and diminished. They did a miracle. They worked, they committed with grit. And then when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and what? Humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God that commitment advancing forth saying God no matter what I face I'm gonna commit to you God we're gonna start my day committing to you that as a church we're gonna remain worshiping him committed to him ministry with him everything we do as a church we're gonna focus on missions we're gonna focus on On relationships we're gonna commit everything to him no matter what we're up against no matter what might come our way individually as a church what are we gonna do we're going to commit to God how are we gonna advance with our commitment so some of us in this place right now I want to challenge you with this first thing is this you need to ask yourself am I committed to Jesus scripture says when you commit to jesus and you make him the lord and leader of your life when you believe that he died on the cross rose again three days later by the power of god therefore therefore uh, destroying dismantling sin that we are bound by because he took our place and when we believe in jesus we are now set free simple as that so when we pray in this moment this is what i'm gonna ask you to do say hey have that conversation with God. Lord, I want to commit. I don't want to believe in your son Jesus and his work of what he's done. If I died on the cross, I want to believe that he went to the cross for my sins. When we do that, when we get done praying, I'm going to ask you, we'll have our prayer team up here. We want to journey with you as you understand what it means to follow Jesus. But we also understand this, that there's many of us most of us have a relationship with Jesus. But maybe there's an area in your life where you're struggling with commitment. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's generosity. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's work. Maybe you just don't want to get in a healthy habit of of showing up to church. Maybe there's things that are distracting you right now. We're going to pray for that commitment as well. We have a prayer team after we get done praying together, they wanna pray with you, they wanna call on the Holy Spirit with you, they wanna help you, they wanna lead a life and journey with you so that you're not doing this all by yourself. Notice Nehemiah wasn't all by himself. He had families, he had tribes that partnered with him to help him advance in commitment. But church, we are going to continue to advance the gospel message into Southwest Florida, and we're going to do so by showing everybody our great commitment. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand with me. Let's pray together. Lord, we give you this time right now. We worship you. We call on your name for those who are committing to you, for those who are uh, making a decision. Lord, we pray especially for them. Lord, give them the boldness to take a step forward and come down forth to our prayer team. Lord, we also pray for those right now in this place who uh, are are struggling with commitments in different areas of life. Lord, give them an infusion, their Holy Spirit. Lord, may you just lead, guide, and move in their lives. In your great and holy name, we all say amen. Hey, we are going to dismiss service at this moment, but I want to invite you, if you need to Pray and have someone stand with you in prayer on this area of commitment. Right here, we have our prayer team. Don't hold back, come forward. We know our God is good. And secondly, we just wanna highlight just a couple things before you're dismissed today. The first one is this, if you're new here, we'd love to start a relationship with you. We would love to to have a journey with you because we know if you're looking for a home church, you found it because we are excited of what God's going to continue to do. And then secondly, thank you so much for your generosity today. We pray that you continue to lead a generous lifestyle. Have a great day. Thank you for being here, Faith. Our prayer time is open for you right now. Take care. We'll see you.
0: Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.